This podcast is part of E2C Network, where we share the whole Auburn experience. David Housel said it best, the whole of the Auburn experience. That is what we're talking about each and every day here on this show, because it's about a variety of many things, all the different places, people, sports, and things. But at its heart, at its core, it's all about sports. It is all about our culture, and it is all about our family, the Auburn family. Because it is about family, I've got to have somebody here to talk with me because this is all about family discussions and things like that. So back with me yet again, my co-host and good friend and some two individuals call him daddy, apparently, uh, Austin Scott, back in the show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that introduction, Kyle. War Eagle to you. Um, You know, there are people out there saying that this is the GOAT episode. Yes. Uh, This is going to be the greatest episode of all time because it is episode 34. It is. It is the, the one action, Charles Barkley. I mean, this is the one. This is it, man. I mean, I should we just stop the show after this? Like, that's it. We can't ever attain I, any I other mean, greatness. It can't. It there will be. We can keep going, and we will do fantastic things on this show, and we will pro- continue providing great content. But this episode is the goat episode, and there's nothing else that we can say that will take it away from that. But but now we've got a debate though about this whole number one debate, you know, that Charles and and Bo have all the time. I think really um, it's just something that Charles likes to play up the entire time. And I and I loved being at the Frank Thomas uh, opening uh, the ceremony for the unveiling of the statue. He kind of talked about that whole debate, the who's the number yeah. one, and he was. They tried to involve him in that. You know, look, it, it's all in good fun. But uh, yeah, if you got two guys with thirty four on them. Obviously, our mind goes to Bo Jackson first, so I think that kind of dictates who number one is. But, I mean, two of the best that's ever done it at Auburn and in both, well, really, multiple sports with Bo uh, being yeah. you know, baseball, football. And, you know, I almost often wonder if we could have gotten him into the Olympics for track and field, What, how much even bigger his legend might have been. Oh, it would have been, you know – it's hard to imagine it being bigger than it already is, but you're exactly right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, Bo might let Charles think he's number one every now and then. Just, just let him for the sake of uh, just giving him something. Yeah, look, you gotta. Charles is a big man. We got to give him something to help that ego be held up every once. Yes, in a while. we love right. him, <laughs> and I love him more as he's getting older too. Especially yeah. just seeing him on TV a lot and the way he's really helped promote Auburn. Uh, but he, he's a big man with a somewhat humble, but still a big ego that we can prop right. up every once in a while. Uh, so as we talk about some Auburn potpourri things before we move into uh, the big topics tonight, uh, I'd like to ask you just off the cuff here, uh, how are the twins doing since I, I, I guess I should have set the precedent when I said someone calls you daddy at the beginning of the show, that might've been a better way to start into this. So it didn't get a little awkward there, but how are the twins doing? The boys are doing good. Uh, they're growing and, eating and sometimes sleeping and so it's been it's been good another week has gone by hard to believe uh but they're both over seven pounds now so they're growing pretty strong uh they it was special this weekend uh, i got to host a, a bachelor weekend for a friend of mine from that i met at, while at auburn um has been one of those friends that you know that's gonna mm-hmm. be around for a long time and i'm thankful that um you know, the Lord blessed me with him, but also that Auburn provided that avenue for us to all meet and uh, now provided us for all to get back together as, as we hung out this weekend. And, but it was special to get for them to get to meet them um, and meet those guys as, 
you know, they're, they're very important to me and I hope that they'll be uh, very important to my boys one day as kind of, you know, those de facto uncles that we sometimes have of uh, friends who aren't, aren't really related, but feel like family. So um, that was special this weekend and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing the, those friendships blossom, but all in all the yeah. boy, the boys are doing great. Well, and you couldn't have picked a better weekend uh, to Truth. have a special event like this, uh, given some of the things that we're going to talk about, especially in that first big segment coming up here around Auburn baseball and a certain bird. Real quick, though, let's, a couple of smaller topics here. And one one's a double dose of one sport, uh, softball, and one's good and one's bad. But I do want to express condolences to head coach Mickey Dean of Auburn softball, who just lost his father this weekend and still, still stayed and coached through the series. Um, I don't know how you did it, to be honest with you. I know what it was like losing my father. And it takes a lot of courage and a lot of fortitude to, to uh, <clears throat> I promise I'm not getting choked up because of that, but <laughs> it would have been very fitting there. But yeah, I just, my heart goes out to him and I'm just impressed with the way his team responded for him winning the series, the last one of the regular season and something big and important coming up here in just a second we'll mention, but obviously you got to be impressed with what he and his team did this weekend. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think Coach Dean has played uh, a very big role and fit the Auburn uh, atmosphere and culture really well since he came. Uh, and, you know, we talk about the Auburn experience and we can talk about the Auburn family uh, at nauseum. And I think that that helped, certainly helped his um, case this weekend of kind of going through something really tough. But it was a rallying for him to be around his his team and his players and his coaches. Um and, and not take your mind off it because you don't you don't want to say that he's you know forgetting about his father but right but also making sure that he surrounds himself with people that are, are being there and supporting him and so even better that they got wins for him this weekend um, and I'm sure that was really emotional for him but congratulations to them and and, and a job well done yeah I've got to imagine that in some way it doesn't take away the pain of losing your father but it does help knowing that you're surrounded by hordes of people that are obviously here for you in any given day, any given weekend series, but are here for you in an extra special way uh, on an important weekend for you personally, but also uh, for the team as well. And speaking of the good thing that we want to transition to uh, the season's over and your Auburn softball team has kind of caught fire much like the baseball team seems to be doing as well. It's kind of funny how these two things coincide a lot and is now the number three seed in the SEC tournament. And a lot of people didn't expect them to be there. I think I even saw, yeah. I think it was Brie Ellis post. It was, yeah. That, where were they originally thought to be Ninth. in the preseason? Ninth? Ninth, yep. And there are 13 SEC teams in softball, because I think we don't have one. Correct. So that is more, that is well into the bottom half. So it's a, imagine that bottom half type of scenario is what you're expecting. How many times do prognosticators, media people have to pick against Auburn and then be proven wrong? Like, I'm just saying, it doesn't matter what the sport is. If you put us at the bottom, we're going to doggone it. We're going to make sure you look silly at the end of the team. It doesn't happen every year, but this year, I mean, I think there a lot of the talent pieces were in place and now all they did was, you know, lay their heads down and go to work. And here we are, number three in the SEC tournament and good position for postseason play. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we are well, – I, I cannot remember the exact year, but we are 
you know, right at that point where these are Mickey Dean's players. This he's gotten his full, he's got a full roster of those that he picked for his team, and it's showing. And it's very, it's it's you're right. It's very underrated how well Coach Mickey Dean has done, and how well these players have done. Uh, you know, we I think we talked about a couple weeks ago the first series win in Tuscaloosa, um, and mm-hmm. ever, and then you know, Alabama's the five seed. Not that's where you always base your metric, but oh. I mean that's a that's a team that is always play with the double bye. And yep. Auburn has that three seed, um, and we'll play the winner of LSU and Ole Miss on Thursday. But um, a really job well done. I think has snuck up on a lot of people, Auburn fans included, um, of how well this team is playing and how well they can, how much further they can go. So, um, yep. just really, really, really impressive. Uh, we already talked about the circumstances around it that make it kind of even more impressive for this team to really. Um, focus on but just impressive work and impressive job well done for this team that um, you know I think a lot we've had a lot of hills and valleys with the interest right the softball program got really hot there when they were making college world series and uh, and playing for titles and then kind of fell back in a lull while we rebuilt the program up and it it looks like things are on a steady steady uh, spectrum right now so really impressive and looking forward to where they're where they're headed yeah, well, that's why I always preach patience. And yeah. yeah, I think some people were losing patience with Mickey Dean for a little while there. But I think you there were some circumstances, COVID and otherwise, that didn't necessarily play in anybody's favor. But when you're trying sure. to rebuild something, uh, it requires a little extra patience. You can see what happens at this point. Obviously, still don't know how this is going to play out. But so far, so good. And uh, last thing here uh, on the Auburn Popery segment graduation weekend is completed yeah. at Auburn amongst athletes, students alike. And I just want to wish a heartfelt congratulate congratulations if we can, it's not overused uh, to every new Auburn alumni every single year, this comes around and I just go back into my feels into my nostalgia of my time at Auburn, but also that day, for me. And, you know, we've told that story several times here on some format on E2C Network, and I'm sure we can find a weekend during off season to talk about those things again, but just want to wish a congratulations to all of the uh, new graduates and welcome to a little special fraternity and sorority within the Auburn family. We're all part of the family. We're all part of the experience, but that these little subgroups and being an alumni, no, <laughs> it is extra special. And uh, we are happy to have those being a part of that now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Something that I think that was a humongous surprise this week, and no, it wasn't Auburn dominating in the final game of the series, LSU run rolling them to win the series and just shock every, I think, can we just be honest, Austin, the LSU fans are struggling with the notion that they got, Oh goodness. Are they (laughs) some, uh, some social media shenanigans and discussions about class and things like that. And, I shared with one particular LSU fan, buddy, I got a, a few dandies about, about your fan base. If we want to start, you know, having a measuring stick yeah. here. Let's, I mean, let's, 
let's not let's not just scream the pot is black the kettle's black i mean let's just make sure that we're all you know take a step back put down the phone for a minute and take the emotions out of this and and realize what fan base we're talking about here so exactly but we can you know it's always sweet to be able to talk about these kind of things when you've got two wins in your back pocket too Yes, it, it, obviously we're we're in the driver's seat right now in That's this right. type of discussion, right? So we, we understand there's a little soreness over there. There's a little happiness over here, a little unexpected happiness, not just for that, but for the big thing that we want to talk about. For the very first time, folks, and for the life of me, how has this never happened before? Like it just seems <laughs> like if there's any other sport that this could and should have happened at, logistics alone, it's Auburn baseball. Now – I'll be completely honest with you. I was actually talking with our, we need to have like a Bucky's jar every time we mention Bucky's. And then we need to have a Clint Richardson jar every time we uh, mention Clint Richardson. I was talking with Clint this week uh, before leading up to this. And we were just discussing since I have a background, not only volunteering at the Raptor center, but for the majority of my adult working life, I worked with birds at a zoo and in Raptors too talked about the logistics of this and i said you know i can't for the life of me it seems too simple to do what they ended up doing but it obviously made the most sense but i was just trying to figure out like where they were going to come from all these things but the first war eagle flight at auburn plainsman auburn's plainsman park for auburn baseball game what an incredible event i am super sad that I, i couldn't make the justification for me to make a really quick trip down there you got to witness it in person with your friends, as you already mentioned. And wow, what a cool and special moment. So why don't I let you kind of give your perspective since you were there live and got to see and provided us even a, a shot of what was going on. I'd love to hear what it was like for you. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely one of those things. We had already planned to go to the Saturday night game uh, and be in attendance in the stadium. And then the news kind of broke Wednesday or Thursday, I think. Uh, Did you have just, some inside knowledge on this? Zero. I had no, zero I was about to say. inside knowledge. <laughs> uh, just it worked out that way. And mm-hmm. uh, it was it was awesome to be able to be there for it. Um, but we were wondering the same thing. We got there early. Um, we were all excited about it you know, and wanting to be there for it. Um, and got there early in our seats. And we were kind of scoping things out. We were like, like, where are they going to fly this first from? Right. Uh, and how is it going to go? We're looking up at the parking deck. We're like, maybe it's coming from there, kind of come down into the stadium. Um, is it going to come from the hitting facility? Um, and then, like, right after the national anthem, um, they, you could see, I don't, I don't, I don't, I didn't see anything from the backside, obviously, because I was in the stadium. I haven't seen any pictures, but uh, it, they had a way to get up on top of the batter's eye, I guess. I don't know if it was a, a, a crane or a giant ladder, but you could see them kind of pop out from up behind and uh, put the crate up. And then uh, she flew. She flew uh, right on. She flew real good. Kind of a straight. She flew, The eagle flew good. She flew straight <laughs> from the batter's eye and, and did just a little kind of circle be- right before the net behind the home plate and uh, landed right there in front of home plate. So it was pretty cool. Uh, it was kind of uh, – it reminded me very similar of kind of what used to happen during that first season yeah. of the Eagle flight where it's just a straight shot while we're trying to figure this thing out. Um, and I did get nervous about the net because she got <laughs> really close to the net. And I was like, if her talons get caught, this is not going to be good. Um, and I actually had one of the uh, groomsmen in this bachelor party that um, – we were part of, I did not know until this weekend 
he said that he had been to the Auburn game when um, I don't know which Tiger it was, but when Tiger uh, hit the press, hit the one of the boxes. That was actually Spirit. And so, Spirit, thank you. See, yeah. I knew you would correct me there. When Spirit hit the box, and so he was like, "I don't, I don't have a good track record." He was like, "If something goes wrong, this is on me." And so when she got close to that net, I was like, "Oh no, this is not good." Uh, but she, she did great. She flew flawlessly. And uh, it was very impressive and very cool to see. I'm, I'm wondering how much often, more often, we're going to be able to do this. Yeah. Um, I think probably this was a good benchmark to see how successful yeah. it was going to be. You know, there's a part of me when I saw the net portion come up, and I think we all kind of, you know, kind of <laughs> held our breath for a second there. It, it did look like they had worked on that a little bit. I, I Maybe not. Maybe it was just they were kind of hoping. Uh, I, I would. I should say that I know the level of dedication work yeah. it goes into right. training birds. And let me just tell you, we don't have time here in this short segment to cover all that. Again, we we always reference this. Maybe another day when we need some stuff to talk about. But <laughs> the level of work it takes to help a bird learn its cues, where to fly to, and all that kind of, and to trace on a lure, the thing that they spin around, and things like that. Um, it's it's a lot. And these birds are smart too well <laughs> most of them are smart uh I, I will tell you this and let me let me just say this I, I say this from personal experience and i also say this from things that i'm told this is not a statement of fact about our particular birds could carry over into that bald eagles have a tendency to not be the wisest of the eagles <laughs> and so it's not a shock that spirit has flown out of the stadium and come back. That's always good though, but kind of scared us scraped his talons against the glass in the football stadium. So when I saw independence come out, I just not trying to be prejudiced toward bald Eagles. Cause we love them. There are nations, you know, <laughs> of course, assemble yeah. patriotic over here, but I kind of said, all right, here we go. This is what we're, we, we, uh, we like rolling the dice here a little bit. Uh, but again, you just can't doubt, uh, obviously the birds themselves, but the training that goes in with the um, caretakers and those that work at the Auburn Raptor center and did a great job. Yeah. So all that being said, any fears, um, they weren't warranted because it went off without yeah. hitch. Let me ask you something. And this is a small tangent, but, but Love I think I know which, which way you're going to lean here. Um, preference, my first question, preference of. Auburn's use of the golden eagle versus the bald eagle. Your, I mean, your pre, your personal preference. It has nothing to do with what I just said about bald eagles, but because I think yeah. you know bald eagles look majestic. Uh, they because they just kind of stick out a little bit more with their their quote unquote course, bald yeah. head. But golden eagles, I mean, because that yes. was the first eagle. But you know, these are birds that they have to work with and figure out who's the best option for them to do so. Also, these are birds that are rehabilitated can't go back into mm -hmm. the wild so there may not be a golden eagle that once some others retire that are available but you know we've got aria now and stuff like that so it's yeah, really right who is who is learning all of this what they need to accomplish and look you know if andrew hopkins who i think is in charge over there now is seeing this i'm sorry i'm butchering this and he's probably like screaming that's not how it works i know i know i've, I've been out of the bird world for a little bit and i'm probably like not using all the terminology correctly but um, I prefer the Golden Eagles just because of nostalgia, and that's really yeah. the only reason for that. No, we're we're um, in the same we're in the same boat there. I was just just curious. 
and, and kind of some, I guess, final thoughts about this. So when I was thinking through this, I thought, well, higher the better. Parking garage makes a lot of sense. It's mm-hmm. a little rowdy up there in the parking garage with uh, AUPPL and all of his crew up there. Nope, I'm not, it's not a statement against them. Just it is a little lively up there. So I don't know if that, but do you think they do this from the, the stadium walkway? Oh, yeah. It's pretty rowdy up there too. So it's like, well, it's basically what they're used to at, at that point. Uh, I, I think that's probably the best place. When Clint and Autumn and his wife and I were talking, we, we talked that, the, the what do you call it, the, the big wall? What did you call it? The batter's eye, yep. Batter's eye. But I thought maybe there's some buildings further back behind that that were even taller that would be a bigger – and it's more distance, but I thought maybe that's a better setup. Who knows? This was I- – Run I one. think they could have just opened somebody's window from the South Donahue dorms <laughs> and just, I mean, let somebody have the honor of, of letting the bird fly out your window. I think that would have been pretty good. But, uh, I think all that, in all, yeah. it led to two wins over the number one team in the country. So I say we do it as many times as we want. Hey, look, if it's going to happen, um, you have it happens against the number one team. And that's right. boy, we're undefeated when a bird flies. So that's all I'm saying. If that, if there's anything else that you need to have as this should happen again, folks, Raptor Center, that's Auburn right. Athletics people, we're one and oh when the bird flies against number one teams. Let's do this again. It went yes. great. And obviously you want to take your time and train with this. This was a good first run at this. And who knows what else? Hmm? They might do in the future with the Eagles, uh, but obviously we want to make sure that they're take care, taken care of and this is done the right way. But all in all, great response, great excitement around that, and it went great overall. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Something that we've been putting off for quite some time. A, because we knew a lot of things were going to start rolling, right? Or at least we had an idea that the transfer portal for the spring football, especially had already op- uh, well closed and opened in a sense. Closed in the sense people could enter it, but also uh, had opened up for people who had already entered to start visiting Auburn, to start considering uh, whether they wanted to be here or not. So a lot of people have been asking us to give our thoughts on that, and that's kind of why we've been holding off on the Auburn Experience Show. We've been talking about it on our live sh- other live streams and things like that, but uh, here, this is our take on it. So let me open us up with this to give you, at least for football, a quick picture of just the spring portion of it. So this is everybody who has left and now entered to into being part of the Auburn football team. Tavares Dawson, wide receiver, has left and since gone to Colorado. Jeffrey Emba left and gone to Purdue. Desmond Tisdale, still undecided, has left Auburn, though. Powell Gordon is still not decided. He's got a few people he's thinking about, according to this website, but has left Auburn. Um, and also you've got Craig McDonald, who has gone to Minnesota. I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologize. Tobechi Okole, I think is how you say it. Uh, undecided has left Auburn. And a big surprise, honestly, for me, Dylan Brooks, edge rusher, left Auburn, has not decided somewhere to go as of the show. And then Landon King has also, wide receiver, decided to go 
uh, into the portal has not decided yet. But the big one, and maybe let's start here before we talk about who has come to Auburn. TJ Finley has left Auburn, but he leaves, will leave, provided he follows through with what he said he was going to do, as a graduate. So to me, if you're going to leave Auburn, this is the way you do it. And this is not a statement for or against him as a good option at quarterback. I just love when guys, if you have to leave, if you need to take an opportunity to do something better for yourself or you feel it's the better choice, leave as a graduate if if you can. It, that's like the ideal scenario for me. So I don't know about you, how you feel about it, but for me, Austin, I'm super proud that uh, he leaves with that. We'll leave this summer with that Auburn uh, diploma in hand. Yeah, no, good for him. And, uh, you know, this being graduation weekend, I, I don't know what his degree in was in, and I don't know when he would presumably walk for graduation, but sounds like that is his plan. And I think that is probably the easiest way for him to be able to play somewhere else next year. So yep. um, good for him. Um, and uh, all, all those who graduated from, you know, student athletes yep, this weekend, him. whether they're heading out or staying another year at Auburn or, or entering the workforce. So um, good for him. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think anytime you can get a degree from Auburn, you know, I know you and I are, relatively close to Auburn um, and so but the Auburn University degree holds a lot of weight in a lot of places around this country and around this world so good for him to have that in hand um, and and good for him to be able to say he has that forever and you act like you aren't within the backyard of Auburn like you say we're fairly close was, to Auburn like you're not to be in nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, i appreciate you softening the blow to remind me continuously that i'm far enough away where i can make the trip if i want to on this weekend but it's still quite a haul just for a, sm a short moment so thank you for continuing to jab that in there even subtly You're I so yeah i appreciate that uh continuing on the portal discussion here i didn't mention colby smith uh, offensive lineman also into the portal not decided yet so that is everybody from the spring don't forget that there's been people since that point or excuse me before that point um who have already gone in and gone somewhere else and there's probably people after this discussion that will be part of that equation too at least in terms of where they're going to end up going outside of auburn but now let's talk about the good stuff what we've all been waiting on the big decisions, people deciding to come be at Auburn. And in within one week, Austin, not Woo. one, not two, but three, decide to come be part of this team. And let's just say this, uh, two of them from Power 5 programs, two of them, which are from pretty decent programs too, at least you know they're usually in the hunt somewhere in the top 25, one in particular. But first, defensive end, edge, linebacker, whatever you want to categorize him as, Jalen McLeod comes mm -hmm. to Auburn. Quarterback from Michigan State, almost at Eastern Michigan for some reason, I guess, because they're both green. Michigan State, uh, Peyton Thorne, and wide receiver from Ohio State, Caleb Burton. We've got videos out here on the channel if you want some breakdown information about that. But, Austin, I will open the floor for you first. Your thoughts on your three new additions to the Auburn football team so far. Yeah, how about that? Um, definitely all three different positions, all three positions of need that this coaching staff has said we need to add people at these positions yep. for competition's sake, to, to help us immediately, all the things. Um, so, check, check, check. Um, really great for each of those guys. 
to be joining Auburn. Uh, each of them, I think, will be able to contribute, you know, whether it's immediately or in the future. The big one, obviously, is Peyton Thorne. Uh, Peyton Thorne is a two-year starter at Michigan State um, and has two years of eligibility left. A very experienced quarterback in a Power 5 conference has played in big games, big stadiums, um, and big on the big-time stages. So when Peyton Thorne entered the portal, it seemed like everybody kind of knew something like, okay, this yeah. is someone that uh, Coach Freeze and the staff has been waiting on to see if they're going to hop in. Um, it, everyone kind of laughed because the, another option presumed to be Casey Thompson. He entered right around the same time, and it was right after the sound bite of on the ambush tour, Coach Freeze saying, maybe there's someone else to pop it in, in a day or two. Uh, sounds like these guys kind of know what they're doing. Um, let's just remember that every now and then. Just a little um, bit. So, so Peyton Thorne seems to be the guy that staff has a lot of hope in might be able to come in and uh, either push Robbie Ashford or Holden Gurner or to win the job outright. And so I think a lot yeah. of people are expecting him to go ahead and win the job given his experience and his accolades of his own. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be a competition to watch. And, uh, you know, Robbie Ashford's one of his first public comments was iron sharpens iron. So he's ready yes. to compete as well. Uh, that should make everybody happy because the more competition, the better. Uh, it, if it does end up being Peyton Thorne, then he's been pushed by Robbie Ashford. If it does end up being Robbie Ashford, uh, regardless of what your opinion is right now, that means he won the job. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about Burton. I think he's, um, you know, didn't get to play a lot of last year during his freshman season, but, um, you know, has a lot of ability and is going to be at Auburn for the next four years, right. you know, max so um that's a position that auburn desperately needs some help and then uh jalen mcleod an edge rusher we need somebody to get to the quarterback and stop the run so i'm excited about all three of those yes uh, additions i think they're all going to help us and it sounds like there might be some more on the way too in in those positions and others so a great a great week for the portal and for auburn football yeah i love everything that you said there and i love that you brought up that robbie first comments that he made obviously clearly in relation to the news because it was minutes after that it's iron sharpens iron and that's what i that is exactly what i wanted to see out of robbie no matter how this shakes out it's no secret robbie was kind of at least publicly perception wise um in some people's minds the second choice in quarterback since he got here until he earned it during the season and you know showed a lot of talent and promise still rough edges but who doesn't still have rough edges in anything sports and otherwise and can always get better but tj's gone so you got to fill the role the question is do you just find a space filler or do you find someone that can come in and make everybody else better and peyton thorne i think is going to be able to do that now look we're not going to sit here and mince words and act like if you were not advocating for a gambling or anything like that but if you do that sort of thing you probably put money on peyton thorne being the starter not a given though and even if that's the case you're gonna tell me Hugh Freeze doesn't see that athlete and Robbie Ashford sitting on the sideline and keep him there that's stupid mm. he's going to utilize yeah. him some way still as a quarterback I'm sure and could be still be the future even if that scenario plays out that way so I feel much better about the quarterback situation I also feel much better as you said about the edge rusher position because you lost Colby Wooden you lost Derek Hall, you lost up Dylan Brooks, who was going to be the future there. You know, we just talked about that and the losses in the portal. And this guy, he's only going to be here 
think he's got one year technically, but could use a COVID year if he wanted to. I, I can't keep up. I'm, I'm ready for the COVID years to go. I I mean, we got guys playing seven, eight years in college, and it's normal. I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> I Listen, I think with Caleb Burton, to kind of tie him in here too, I think he would not be eligible for this COVID year. I I think we're close oh, to getting out of that window where everybody who was here got a COVID year. Um, look, do I love being able to keep people, especially ones that we really need around for an extra year than we normally would? Sure. But when you do this stuff, you talk about these things, it's hard to keep track of all this thing. Cause then you go like, he's oh, got, terrible. he's got this much eligibility. I'm like, you keep track of it all. Like it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough. So yeah, that's my, my gripe for today. That's what grinds my gears is having to keep track of eligibility in the COVID year era, but having Jalen McLeod come in and obviously provide depth, but going to play and then build up the future, give those guys that have just come in at the edge position to build up time. And then you've got a guy in wide receiver who can likely be here if he chooses to be so for a while and maybe become a star here. He was highly regarded during the recruiting process. Mm -hmm. So if you want to talk about patience paying off, talked a lot about it at the start of the show with softball and, you know, what we're seeing them build to over several seasons. Talk about patience on the portal getting started for Auburn football. I think it's paid off and is still going to continue to pay off in some other areas too. Maybe some related areas we've already talked about, not quarterback. I think we're done, but it's a good, good start to the transfer portal. Thus why we waited to talk about it because we wanted to be able to talk about the greatness all in one big swoop. So if I had to get one prediction from you, sir, for kind of last thoughts here, What's the next position to commit from the transfer portal to Auburn football? Uh, I think I think you're going to see a couple more receivers couple through here. I think I think that's I think I think a couple are going to keep coming. Uh, I think that's a position Auburn needs some depth at, um, and, and some guys who do some different kind of things. So, uh, and and I mean, like you mentioned in the losses, we Landon King and Tafarish Dawson have left. That's two spots that you've already lost receivers anyway. Whether you're looking for depth yeah. or for starters, so. Um, I think I, my guess would be receivers. I'm, I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna bet on anything that seems to be a poor choice to do around here these days. Um, but I'm just gonna do uh, I'm gonna do receivers. I, I don't no I don't want to get any trouble on betting for stuff. That's for the other half of the state. But but just receivers <laughs> is where I'm gonna go. <laughs> you found a way to work our pre-show comments into that. And I am so took, proud. Of took you me that. almost the whole episode, but I got there. Yeah, I could see you like the wheels turning throughout the <laughs> you know. But you, you figured out how to work bets, and uh, you know I, I was ashamed that you didn't work a certain documentary into it as well. But we'll leave that uh, for another. Yeah. Thinking about you uh, across the state, boys. Uh, not saying that we're reveling in a little bit of displeasure for you right now, but <laughs> it's it's it, okay. We'll just leave it there. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to uh, this episode of the Auburn Experience. On your way out, if you want to keep up to date with me, you can follow me at Kyle Loomis twenty four on Twitter. Uh, Austin, where can they find you? Uh, at Austin G. Scott for for plenty of pictures and commentary of, of twins and Auburn athletics. God, it all sounds like good things to me. So we'll be back together again on episode 34, but it won't be uh, episode 35, but it won't be as good as episode 34, The Goat. That's and right. Thank you, The Goat Austin, for joining me for this particular <laughs> episode. So we talk to you again. War Eagle. War Eagle. <laughs>